This is Tom Bernard. Can't get enough of sports talk with Phil Mackey and Judd Zolgad? Tune in to the new Tom Bernard Show podcast Monday through Friday as Phil and Judd join me to discuss the latest sports headlines and whatever else comes to mind. Just download the Tom Bernard Show app wherever you get your podcasts or visit TomBernardShow.com. It's another way to get more from me and Judd talking sports and having fun with Tom, and it's all at your fingertips. Download the Tom Bernard Show app now and join the conversation. TCL is a proud sponsor of the Score North Studios. Enjoy more of the things you love with TCL. These two guys have Minnesota sports flowing in their veins. Mackie and Judd on Score North and scorenorth.com. Try this one on for size. Not Mackie and Judd, but instead uh, Zolgan and Scoggins. Conduits of trouble time, Chip Scoggins. What's up, buddy? <laughs> I like that. Try this one on for size. <laughs> well, I mean, you know, it sounds better. <laughs> I like it. Sounds authoritative. What's going on? What's going on? Uh, not too much. Not too much. Where do you want to start? Do you want to start Vikings or Timberwolves? Uh, <laughs> Where do you want to start? Let's go Vikings. Let's go Vikings. All right. Clint Kubiak. Yes. How much, uh, based on his Zoom press conference, where he, you know, talked about things got to change, I've got to, you know, keep up to date. Um, I certainly have a style of offense that I'm going to run, but uh, it is a fluid situation. <laughs> how much are you buying? And I'm not, I'm not implying that we're calling him a liar if you're not, no. but how much are you buying that, uh, that Clint Kubiak is going to look at what his dad did and say, you know, that was nice, but I definitely have some components, a guy like Justin Jefferson, that I can use more. And how much do you think he is going to, you know, make some, I guess to use a good term, tweaks in this offense? You know, I I think he probably has ideas and plans, but so did DiFilippo. (laughs) (laughs) That's that's really well put. And where is he now? Chicago's passing game coordinator. Uh, you know, I don't know if he's run all these new plans by Zim, uh, but Judd, you know how it is. It, when in the heat of the battle, Zim's going to it's going to be how he wants it to be. And just in listening to to Zimmer since the season in, he loved the way that offense functioned. Right? Yes. He wants to run it back as is. Um, and so, is he going to listen to? What was Clint Kubiak thirty seven? No, I think he's. Uh, I think on uh, next Wednesday, I think he turns like thirty-four. Oh, 34? So thirty-four is he going to listen to a thirty-four-year-old first-time coordinator and his new ideas? Yeah, not buying it. Not buying it. But <laughs> you know, I, I I hope that they took it. They take a long look at stuff like, and I've seen these stats, and you know that people wrote about them all year. But you know, second and short. Throw it, you know, throw long there or second long. Don't run it again. I mean, things like that. I hope that they, that's where I hope the tweaks come in. But, you know, is the overall, is there anything radical coming? Maybe that is radical. I don't know. Um, To Zimmer, it might be. Yeah, to Zimmer, it might be radical. But I I would doubt that there's going to be a whole lot of change fundamentally in what we saw last year. Here's my question. My question is, when are we, we going to find out what crusty old offensive coach Zim is going to hire to be the the advisor and the role that Kubiak played with Stefanski? Because Stefanski, so Stefanski got the full-time job after he called the plays for three games at the end of 2018. Mm-hmm. And, and 
He was 30, I think, 7 at the time. And they still brought, and that's fine, they still brought Gary in to sort of set the tone for what the the offense was going to be and be a sounding board for Kevin. So I got to think that we are on the precipice of Mike doing the same thing for Clint. I can't, I can't see Mike turning basically a kid loose completely and saying, yeah, okay, I'll chime in sometimes, but. Do you think Rick Dennison will be that guy? Ooh, maybe. I, I, sort of I don't know how much you trust him. Compl- yeah, that, that's a good question. Because he, you know, well, we've, we've, he's talked about Rick Dennison a lot, so I do wonder if Dennison will have more voice in the process now. Um, if he'll have, if he'll kind of be that guy, hmm. um, versus, you know, I don't know. There's another Kubiak type of guy out there that Zim would want to bring in. Oh, we did bring in what Paul Gunther. Paul Gunther, who is who is oh, who was fired in December by the Raiders because his defense was so damn bad. I, it, it's unbelievable. Like you know, last year it was uh, Capers, right? You had to have Dom Capers yep. in here to, which. What do you think he did? Like Dom <laughs> I mean, seriously, like like what uh what in- <laughs> what impact are <laughs> You know the problem? What? I'm not joking. Because our access was basically nil. Yeah, nothing you don't know. I have yeah. no idea what he I don't even I didn't even see him. Yeah, I didn't either. Um, I have no idea. I think ordinarily we we would have probably seen him around. And had and been like, okay, he might be doing that. Like, I can't even speculate. As far as I knew, I I don't know if Capers uh, swept the floors or actually <laughs> came up with defensive idea. I have no idea to answer your question. But it is interesting, and that's kind of become a thing where coaches, when they get fired, they just go join another team as a uh, consultant or an advisor or whatever, just to kind of stay in the game. Yep. I don't know. I don't know how much input they have, but um, no, I, my guess is Rick Dennison will probably. Um, you know, have a larger role, not necessarily in title or whatever, but maybe in in voice, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, I mean, because uh, Zimmer likes having that guy, you know, the, the older guy, um, that kind of the confidant. And do you think, and I'm not saying he's going to be here a lot, but do you think uh, the older Kubiak, Gary, will be here at all? Do you think he'll parachute in every now and again? I think with his son uh, being given the job, I think that there's a decent chance. I mean, once he's had some time to just kind of rest yeah. and relax and, and, you know, the whole off season in the summer, I wonder if the itch will get there and he's like, yeah, you know, maybe I'll go to camp and just kind of hang out and see how things are going. And that, that You know, I think he's going to watch a lot of film at, at his Houston uh, farm. Yeah. And I think he'll probably call up Junior and be like, yeah, you might want to try this or that. And Mike will probably call him. Um but I, I just don't know. You, Mike, so to your point, Chip, Mike loves to have that sort of crusty guy around, though. It, mm-hmm. it was Sprano until he tragically passed. Uh, then it was Gary. You know, I think he loves the the whole, you know, let's grab our cups of coffee, right? Oh, yeah, without, in the morning, and, like yeah. early in the morning and talk about. It's football. 4 a.m. It's time to it's time to talk football. <laughs> I think he loves years. that. Yeah. Oh, without a doubt. I think he does, too. And, and um that and it's almost like a, you know, because he's going he's gonna have to have a lot of dialogue and everything with the thirty-four-year-old offense coordinator. Is you know how's he going to handle that? Um, now, now it's Kubiak's son, and I'm sure he, you know he obviously has a good relationship with him because he's been around. But it's a different thing, right? When he's the coordinator and you're, he's responsible for doing it the way Zim wants to wants it done. Mm-hmm. Um, 
it'll be interesting to see. He should just first, second, and ten, just or second one, just throw a bomb. You know, it's actually what he should. You're right. This is how we're doing it, Zim. Yeah, Mike. I'm calling. And by the way, I'm in the press box and I'm shutting off my headset to you. You're right, though. That that's the first thing. If if they don't adjust that, yeah, um, it's going to drive me crazy. Well, and the other thing is, it, it takes carries off of Dalvin too. Yep. You know. Um, and it puts, you know, it's, you got really good wide receivers to throw to. So, yeah, I, I'm, I'm curious to see how it looks, if it's any different. I, I don't think just, you know, to us it probably won't, won't won't seem a whole lot different now. Like, I hope there are some kind of fundamental things like we talked about there. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I think in Zim's mind, what do you say? I love the way our offense functioned last year. Well, and he's going to have the stats because he's got, you know, fourth in yards. Yeah, 11th in scoring, which is which to me is too low, but I mean, it's I not too. terrible. I think you need to be higher in scoring. Yeah, it's not terrible, but when you look at their personnel, Judd, I mean, that should be a top 10 scoring offense, right? Yes. yes. Um, when you have that many good players at skill positions, mm-hmm. I think, and, and, a, and a good quarterback, you know, who's accurate. Um, they, that, that has to come up into the top 10, I think. For for you can say it's a really good offense. I mean, if you're outside the top ten scoring, it's hard to say you're a great offense. Yep. In, in fact, yards. I don't get I don't get carried away with yards. I mean, it's great. I mean, yeah, it looks nice, but really the points is the only thing that matters. If you flip the scoring and yards, I, I think that our view well, would different. be entirely yeah. different. If you were fourth in scoring, eleventh in yards, hundred percent. I think 100%. we'd we'd all I'll be like, okay, that's just fine. That's perfect. Yeah. Well, yeah. If you're top five in scoring, that's. You yeah, can't say you have a really good. Yeah, yeah, uh, totally different. I mean, because you're a playoff team, though. Then too. Well, yeah, hundred percent. Because the yards can you never those can be skewed big time. Where you know if you're trailing a bunch and you're just throwing it all over, you know, <laughs> who does you know, that? Whatever. I have no idea what you're talking about. <laughs> you mean like down to Green Bay, impossibly at, at home, week yeah. one? Yeah, exactly. I have no idea what you're talking about. Yeah, so that's yeah. If it was flipped, yeah, I think we would be saying you'd probably just you know some minor tweaks but keep doing what you're doing but they're not there yet super bowl i wasn't shocked at all the tampa one i think i was shocked by how that game looked yeah i i did not put enough stock in how bad kansas city's line was going to be i mean i knew they were beat up and had new guys in there yep. we talked about it last time with you know my god mike rimmers is starting to tackle for him um that was atrocious i mean would you see the stat espn had that that um Mahomes scrambled uh, 497 yards no yeah i totally ESPN, believe it but wow ESPN, ESPN stats and info right after the game or so maybe the next day that on his dropbacks and you know scrambling trying to get out away from sacks 497 yards wow i mean i guess it makes sense because he was go- going back 20 yards at a clip it seemed like it was unbelievable and um yeah, I just and and you know they had the great they had the right game plan. Play Winfield and the safeties deep, have four guys just beat the heck out of their line and make them force everything underneath. And there was just nothing. He had no time. I mean, as great as he is, and some of those passes he had mm-hmm. under duress were unbelievable. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was I was just surprised at how bad Kansas City looked. You know, I really was. And the one thing we'll never know because you can't possibly know is how much did the um, Andy Reid's kid, yes, uh, you know, kind of getting in the yes, the the mood of it, the vibe, it, it had to have some effect, Judd. I mean, you can't just tell. I know they're professionals, and it's a big. It doesn't team, matter, but you're right. You can't tell me that team 
did not have that on their mind. Oh, they de- they definitely did. Yeah. And Reed did. Oh, yeah. there, there's no question. Look, I have always said to me that, that there are certain things that can take place around a team that, that mm-hmm. as much as fans try and dismiss this, impact a team. And there is no way that, that Reed's kid um, get, getting in that accident, which it sounds like he caused for sure, uh, yeah. what, four days, three days before the Super Bowl was played? That played a role. And, and now, now look, I get it. The tackles were awful. The tackles mm-hmm. were absolutely yeah. true. So the, there are on-the-field things that, that also uh, caused the Chiefs to lose. But you are 1,000% correct. To dismiss what, what took place with Reed's kid completely is asinine. It played well, a role. Yeah, it's funny because I was, you know, before the game, I was talking about it with my wife because, you know, she's from Kansas City and her dad's a season ticket holder and forever. So, you know, she was really into it. And then she, but she also, it's just like everybody's like, this is such a weird thing, you know, that mm-hmm. poor girl's in the hospital and everything that's happened. And, and I said, you know, it's just, I said, so if the Chiefs win, do you think like Andy Reid celebrates? Like, like how would he have handled that had they won? I mean, Mm-hmm. It was just so. Then you then you start thinking. It's like this has to be have some effect on them emotionally, you know, and and whether it's cognizant or whatever or not that it had to. But you're right. I mean, it was there was obviously you know schematically things and and personnel wise that that ultimately was the reason. But um, I'm sure just somewhere you know inside of them that um, they were affected by that and what was going on. So and distracted too, right? And that, and, yeah. And that contributed. Yeah. I mean, especially the coaches, especially Reed. Yeah. Yes. Um, now I don't know if players were thinking about during the game, but, um, but it was, it, there are things that was a boring game. It oh, it's a, ama- it, was it was a, a massive God. flop. Oh, absolutely. God. Yep. I mean, we watched the second half just like, man, I can't wait for this thing to end. Yep. I mean, it was just, there was nothing to it, you know? It was, yes. It it, it was, I, I thought it would be a great close game. I thought it'd be a classic. I yes. Really and it was, it was by halftime. And, and at the half, I did think the amount of flags thrown on the Chiefs, especially defense, seemed to yeah. be, seemed to be way too much. But in the second half, that was all Chiefs. The officials did nothing. That was, I really thought that Casey would regroup at the half, come out, and and make a run, and they didn't even come close to that. No, because we couldn't block them. I mean, it yeah. just. I mean, that came down to one team could not block the other, and it was just. I don't care how great Mahomes is, and I know that's kind of been the conversation here in town. Like, see if you get Kurt Cousins aligned, oh. you know. But but the the Vikings' offensive line has been bad. It is nothing like we saw in that game. Their I mean, tackles was, don't suck. No, no. no I, you're, yes, it, it drives me crazy because look, the Chiefs didn't have tackles. No, no, and 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 you know, and and and, the, and Tampa's defense is good. I mean, that front is really good, so you got to give them credit too. But um, that was as bad as offensive line play as I think I've ever seen. To be honest with you, I mean, it was like every snap he was running for his life. I mean, I don't think they protected him one time. You know, and so. There's nothing the Vikings have put on tape that's been that bad, I don't think. Kirk doesn't um, finish that game. Probably not. I, I think he gets hurt. Like, it was that bad. Because he couldn't scramble and get out of the, out of the way like Correct. Mahomes did. I mean, Mahomes bought so much time and then would just fl- fling one underhanded or whatever. And, you know, Cousins would have taken 
how many sacks in that game, you know? I mean, thinking about how many times he would have been sacked. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I mean, it was it was a dud, but, um, you know, I got to imagine the Chiefs are still going to be, you know, if you open the season next year, aren't the Chiefs probably still your favorite, you know, because they'll get their line fixed, obviously. I mean, that'll get squared away, and you still have all those skill guys. Yeah, probably. I, 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 I think yep. Mahomes, how many, how many Super Bowls do you think he'll play in? Total, I'd bet five. Yep. You know, he's already been in two. I would yep. say five. That's fair. You know, absolutely. Um, I don't think he's going to be like Brady and playing ten, but I could see him playing in five or six. You know, can I g- give you a? Um, can I give you a second guess? That's a first guess, and I think that you're probably on the same page. Mm-hmm. Um, we both watched extensively during his collegiate career. Antoine Winfield Jr. play. Okay, sure. And we both, I think, said. If you're the Vikings, he's in your backyard. You've, mm-hmm. you've seen him play constantly. You need to get him. You yep. Like, he's that good. Uh, he, he's instinctual. I think athletically, he's his dad, but he's better mm-hmm. by a bit. Um, everything about watching him to me screamed, if he's in your backyard, you need to get him. The yep. Vikings are going to regret, I think, for a long time the fact that that they didn't get him. What number did he go, Judd? Uh, second, second round. In fact, uh, keep talking, and I'll find that because that's a yeah. So they got him question. with their second pick, right? Yep. Um, yep. It's, it's, it's. I mean, and the thing is, is everyone knows why he went there. Um, yeah. Why he didn't go in the first round because he's short. You know, mm-hmm. and, and we we always said that the Gophers, when you watch him, is like, and you'd have coaches tell you if he's three inches taller, he's playing at Ohio State. I mean, there's no doubt about it. <laughs> he's not I mean, here. That's very true. No. He, he, if he was six one, he would have played at Ohio State, or everybody would have wanted him. But because he's whatever he is, 5'10", or... 45th pick, Chip. Yeah. Second round. Yeah. And so, if he was... I'm sure... I'm sure NFL teams like, God, we love him. He makes all these plays, but he's not... He's, he's short. You know? It's going to be a problem. It ain't a problem. It's not... It's, I mean, that kind of stuff, Judd, it drives me crazy. It's like... And it, you heard it with Russell Wilson, too. Like, ah, he's too short. He, he won't be able to do that. I was like, and I used to always say, have you seen the size of Wisconsin's offensive line? It's an NFL line. They're all 6'5", six, 6'6". Six, six. It's not like he was playing with six-foot linemen at Wisconsin that he was throwing over. They're the same size as the NFL linemen. So, I mean, I think it's the same thing. They just It was just measurable. That's all it was. It was they thought he was too short, all the teams. And so you want to take him in the first round, and, and never mind that – all that kid does is just make big play after big play, and he's so instinctual and just a terrific player. So, yeah, I think a lot of people were screaming, you know, to take him, but they, you know, they decided to franchise Harris, and, you know, it, that they made that decision. But, he, you know, Winfield's going to be a star for a long time in the league. You know, he's going to be a 10-year NFL player and be – yes going to Pro Bowls a lot and, and all that. Yeah, I mean, he's just that good a player. And here's the thing about him that I absolutely love, and I think it's – I don't think we're there yet, but I think it, we're down that path. And within the next two or three years, he has the instincts and the ability and the toughness and can hit to play safety and slot corner. I, oh, yeah. I totally yeah. think that at some point in time, Tampa's going to insert him inside in the, against the slot receiver – and he's basically going to be his dad. But again, I'll say it. I think he's slightly more athletic than his dad was. Uh, so he's going to basically 
qualify as a a, a positionless star. Like he'll be a safety, he'll be a corner. There's just so many things about the things that he does from an athletic standpoint and then throw in the smart standpoint. And I I love the the fact that the kid gets done playing and calls his dad and they break down film. Because I'm telling you right now, if you can break down film with senior, it gives you a leg up. I mean, that guy, Chip, was a smart and Mm -hmm. as instinctual. And again, you know what? He wasn't big. And just like you said, it didn't matter. No, and, and, you know... I mean, that's the thing. It's like Junior grew up, like as a high school kid, he would watch film with his dad. Mm-hmm. I mean, how many kids get to watch with a guy who's, you know, a cerebral NFL player who knows what he's watching? And so he had that background. When he came to the U, they would send him the practice film, and he would watch it with his dad at night. And so, you know, I'm, I guarantee you, Antoine Sr. watched hours and hours of the Kansas City Chiefs games this year and he talked to Antoine for those two weeks his son about hey watch him when he does this watch him when he does this I picked this up I guarantee it because I think Antoine still loves doing that stuff um and so and yeah he could play slot I mean we saw him do it a lot with the Gophers yep. you know they would they moved him all over heck I think he played outside some too um I don't, I don't think he can do that in the NFL but who knows but um yeah it wouldn't be it wouldn't be surprising me if they you know if he jumped up there and did that some or played you know played wherever because I think he's just that smart of a player and think about this Judd this is his rookie year <laughs> look how, I know look how, look how mature he looked as a rookie he looked like a veteran right yes he played like a veteran and so imagine once he's been in the league four or five years and has an even better understanding of you know offenses and quarterbacks and different things like that I mean he's just a special talent and it's like we saw it here because we saw him play all the time and just, I mean, some of the plays he had where he would reverse field or he'd be on one side and come oh. flying over to have a pass breakup. It's like most guys, you know, not many guys can do that and re- make that read. Yes. But I think it's just a product of being around football at a high level as a kid and, and you know, teenager and, and having that resource now still with, you know, with his dad. The picks that, that he made, I think it was in back-to-back years against Fresno State. Fresno State, yeah. Um, but the pick that he made here against them, I think it's three years back now, is one of the greatest instinctual plays I've seen. Yeah, when he got sucked in, he, he'd been on the play fake and then, you know, realized it and got back. Yeah, amazing. but he recovered. Yeah, he was down on the goal line. Remember, they had a, a yep. play fake, and he, he broke towards it. Yep. Realized it was going to be a pass. Just planted and and you know, reverse and ran back and, and deflected it. It was like, <laughs> that was unbelievable. And then the other one out there, he was on the other side. He was responsible for a guy on the other side, but he, he read the, you know, I think he read post or whatever and, and just came flying across the back of the end zone and got it. And just, you know, he has all the physical tools. You're right. I think he's, he's, he's more, obviously more physical. Well, that was physical. He's too, not but more he's, physical, he's but stockier. I think he's a better athlete. Yeah. That's probably the way to say it. He's, 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 you know, bigger, stockier. Um, obviously, Antoine wasn't really big, but he played big. Um, but, man, just both of them just incredible tacklers, you know? Oh, God, yeah. Absolutely great. Timberwolves. Timberwolves. Cat is back. It looked better for a while, you know? I mean, I think once the Clippers decide they want to, to win, they won, you know. Yeah, Kawhi basically decided, I'm having a bad shooting night. What am I going to do? I'm going to start knocking down my threes. I yeah. think he made five threes. Yeah, and, um, 
you know, that team when they decided to turn it on and get serious and win, they won. But yeah, I mean, obviously, um, I didn't hear the zoom, but it sounds like Cat uh, was really like he has been every time he's talked, right? Real yes. emotional. Kind of open a vein again about it. Yes. Yeah. So, um, sounds like he had a, a time with it. Um, it wasn't just a, you know, you know, it sounded like he had some pretty significant, um, effects from it. So yeah, I, I'm sure it'll take him some time to get up to game speed and get his wind and all that back. But I'm curious to see him play now if they can stay healthy and get Russell back and kind of see. Can Russell please come back now? Like, can yeah, we just, finally see these two play together for an extended period of time? Well, that's weird with him. It's like Russell's just been stop, start, stop, start with the with the legs. I don't know how serious it is or, or what's going on. But um, I think it was the I, – I think he, he actually – did something to the leg that wasn't hurt in Dallas. Oh, oh, it's a different. Okay, so it's okay, the, well, the other leg now. I think that, that okay. he actually I, he either stepped on somebody or wrenched it, or he got stepped on in Dallas. Okay, so it's, so it's the other though. leg. Yes, yeah. it's not the same leg. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's the thing. It's like at this point, okay, the season's lost, right? Yeah. But what you can gain from is just like see them play together yep. and see what they have. You know, it's hard to even know what they have. Um. So hopefully, you know, hopefully they get this opportunity and everybody can get back and just kind of put all these pieces together and understand what you, I mean, I, I have like the one good thing, and I don't know if there's a silver lining, that's not the right way to say it, but, you know, seeing some of these guys that wouldn't be playing as much have to play like, you know, I like Nas Reed, what he's, what he's giving you. I mean, he's obviously a guy you want to be in there and, you know, McDaniels and some of these young guys are getting opportunities. So, um, but now, yeah, I'm curious to see, um, if you can get everybody together, just kind of what it is, you know, I, I, I still think it's not good, but at least you can kind of have a better idea of like, okay, they have to go do this, do that. I mean, obviously you need to get a, you know, a lot more, uh, you know, power forward and, and, um, you know, need to figure out roles. Yeah. But, Which means uh, not playing a Kogi against the fours. Oh, Ricky, what what happened there, Chip? I don't know. I don't know I mean, if overall, it's still the COVID. Well, he's just not any good anymore. I know. Yeah, he looks he awful. Just, it's just the game. When I watch him, Judd, let's say the game is going 100 miles an hour. It looks like he's going 70. Yes. You, you know, it just seems like the game is so much faster than what he's capable of he, right now. Chipper, he looks like, like in, instead of, of being traded by the, the Wolves and coming back, in a trade, he looks yeah. like he retired and decided yeah. to unretire. Yeah, that's like, hey, we need a body. Can you, can you play? Yeah, that type thing. Yeah, he just he just does not look good. So, but he's getting John. He's getting critical minutes. Well, yeah, he has to because Russell's not playing. And well, and yeah. I would actually right now, I would play uh, Jordan McLaughlin uh, ahead yeah. ahead of Rubio every time. He's a better player right now. I would. I would too. Um, you know, some of that might be salary. Hey, we're paying a guy. So it was, it was Rubio, seventeen million, right? Um, yeah, so and what, and they they like him, and I get all that, but yeah, he just it, something's not right. No, no, it's it's not, and um, maybe they're just hoping he finds it. You know, I don't know. I don't know. I don't think there's. Do you think there's anything there to find? Though that's the problem. Well, my only my only question is: Did did he have a battle with COVID that we don't know a lot about that was well, worse than we thought? Because it just it looks like something. He, he's either he's either fried from a career standpoint, 
or something has taken place that he clearly has not had enough time to recover from. Yeah, didn't Craw report that he had it last fall, though? Like in October? Yes. Yeah, but I'm just, I'm well, just throwing stuff out there. I mean, it could be lingering. He yeah, looks lingering terrible. Effects. Yeah, he, he looks like he's, um, yeah, he looks very aged from what we saw him when he left. Um, but, yeah, that's the magic thing. Just see him in, in the crunch time down the stretch. It's like, uh, now, you know, obviously if Russell's back, that I think yeah. you can, you know, do different things there. But, um, but it's, yeah, it's, they have to figure out roles big time now once everybody's back and settle into that. Because now you just have guys playing in spots that they probably shouldn't be playing, you yes. know? So yep. it's, it's, that's obviously not ideal. Um, but yeah, yeah. It's, I mean, it's, it, I think the biggest thing is just encouraging to see Towns back and, you know, you, you feel so bad every time he does a zoom call, just like listening to him just on a human level. It's like, Oh my gosh, can you can't imagine what he's going through right now. You know, mm-hmm. um, you worry more about mentally now that he's back physically, just kind of where he's at. Yeah. And I, I guess my biggest question in combining the the human standpoint with the basketball standpoint too is when when this is all said and done because you know it's been tough um when the 2020-21 season is done for the Wolves I guess I wonder where he's going to be at mentally when it comes to basketball as well mm-hmm. just as far as like does he want to be part of this process which clearly is not going nearly as smoothly um from a basketball standpoint as the Wolves and Gerson Rosas and Ryan Saunders had hoped, does he look at this eventually and say, I've basically come to a point where I have reevaluated my life and I'd like to be part of a basketball team that's going to win? Um, or do you want to play basketball at all? Yeah. Just, yeah. So I, I'm just, I'm very curious to see where he lands when, when what I feel like is a fog and it's totally fair, but sure. it, you know, but, when the fog list lifts from Carl's life, where's he going to be at from a career standpoint? Well, and that's the one thing you don't know is to use your thing. Um, when, he, when he does kind of get back in, have out of the fog and have a clear head, does he say, you know what? I need a new beginning. I need a right. fresh start somewhere. Correct. And I don't know. I mean, that, that's one thing you, you don't know how people are going to react to major life changes. I mean, some people say, you know, I have my routine here or whatever, or people I'm around, I know this organization, or some people just say, you know what, I need to get away from that. I need to mm-hmm. just start fresh somewhere. And if that happens, then, I mean, there's not a whole lot you can do, you know. I mean, as we've seen in the NBA, when when a player says he wants to out, he's going to get out, you know. I mean, you're – Teams have no leverage. As much as we'd like to think teams have leverage, they don't in no. the NBA. I mean, no, hell players, no. Players control everything. So, yep. But I think they've done a good job supporting him. You know, I mean, you know that. I mean, they've given him everything that he's probably asked for and supported. I mean, you know, he got Ryan a job and D'Lo here and all these different things. So they've – I don't know what more the team could do, you mm-hmm. know. But if, but if a guy who's gone through so much traumatic – episodes in his life, you know, just wants something different than what do you do, you know? So off that point, I think I've had an epiphany about what Carl needs here in terms of a coach. Okay, Chip? Mm-hmm. Tibbs was obviously too much. Like, mm-hmm. he's too demanding. He is – Tibbs is, is 
a relic in many ways from a former time of coaching. And I don't think his demanding nature worked or or would work now for Carl. Uh, they got his friend and, and confidant, Ryan, the job. And Ryan is his friend. And I think that Ryan tries very hard. But mm-hmm. on the flip side of that one, I don't know that Carl needs his friend to be his coach. I think that Carl lands in a place where your best chance would be to get a true 2021 type father figure here to coach Carl um, who could who could be understanding and at the same mm-hmm. time demanding, uh, but wouldn't necessarily be his friend because I don't think that Carl has the gene to run the show. Like mm-hmm. I don't, I don't think he can walk in that room and say, "All right, gentlemen, I am you know Kobe now or yeah. Jimmy Butler." So I think where we're going to land, and I don't know if this is going to be possible or the Wolves would do it, but I think where we need to land is I think the Wolves need a coach that can be somewhere smack dab in the middle of what Tibbs was, which was too much, and Ryan, who's probably too much of a friend, who can control things, empower Carl, make Carl feel good but not just be a person that Carl can sort of be demanding of. Yeah, and it's someone with experience, obviously, yes. uh, NBA experience. And that's that was the big unknown with, with Ryan. You know, I mean, I think we all said um, it was it was worth giving him the job because you're trying to create a, uh environment where Towns is going to want to stay here. And if you hired another guy he didn't know, he didn't like, then that might lead him to, you know, say, I, I need to get out of here. And so, um, but you didn't, you know, we didn't know anything about Ryan and would he be able to handle the jobs that too big and all that. And so um, it would, and that was, I remember, I remember the day when Ryan had his press conference there and we, that was one of the questions was, how are you going to discipline these guys? How are you going to be not their friend? And, you know, they said all the right things. That's not going to be a problem. I'm, you know, I'm the coach. They, there's going to be the respect factor. But um, I, I sort of, you know, I, I agree with you that that um, the right probably balances someone with more experience but not, you know, is going to shout and scream and, and do, you know, do it the way Tibbs did. I don't know who that is, who that coach would be, but um, – I don't think it's going to be this year. I think the whole you okay. know you at least you at least have to excuse me you at least have to see um, give them a chance to see this group together if, they, if that can ever happen to kind of know you know what it is and is is Ryan up to the job. So I, I don't think it and I don't know, I don't know if fair is the right word, but I, I don't know if it'd be fair to, to evaluate him without um, having a chance to see Towns and Russell play for. Um, you know, a while more than whatever five games that they played together. So, but I, it'll be interesting to see how they approach it after this this season. Assuming that they, you know, nothing drastic happens, like they, you know, get hot and win a lot of games with everybody, which I don't think would happen. <laughs> I think you're uh, safe in saying that's not going to take place. Yeah, but, I mean, they're they'll win some gonna play, games. They're obviously going to play better. I mean, they're not going to be as bad as they were, but they'll play better. But I don't know. It's going to be so much better that you're like, all right, this is slammed up. We got to bring Brian back. So it'll, it'll right. be interesting to see um, kind of how they approach it. So with, with the guys that, that we have seen with uh, D'Lo and Cad out, definitely McDaniels can play. Yes. Um, it looks like um, Nas Reed. Nas Reed can play. 
I have a question about one guy in particular, though, because I can't decide if he can play. He definitely he tries really hard. Can Josh Okogie play? Can't shoot. Good defense. But he really can't. Um, but, I mean, he can't shoot to the detriment of, of – there was a point in the second half last night where the Clippers quit covering him. Yeah. I mean, he, he – he, uh, I mean, he definitely can't shoot. Um, but, I mean, is it fixable enough to make him – because I, I don't see how you can survive in this league being a Kogi size if you just can't shoot. I don't – I don't know that answer, Judd. Um you know, for a team that struggles so bad defensively, you hate to give up on somebody who actually can play defense and it gives you great effort, you know. Um, but I don't know. I mean, I don't know he's ever going to be more than kind of a role player, you know. I don't know if he should be in your starting lineup. Yeah, I would say no on that. Uh, I would say not on a good team mm-hmm. or, you know, a, a team that you feel like is, is ascending. Um but he does play good defense, you know, and he gives you effort. Um, I don't know. Can you really fix a bad shooter at this at, at this point in your career? You know, we used to always say that with Brian McKinnon, you are who you are when you get to be a certain age. Yes. I sort of feel like you get to the NBA at this level, you pretty, you know, you sort of are what you are. Um, but I don't know that I would just – I don't know. I don't know. I mean, you, you see enough defense there, you're like, eh. I hate to give up on that, you know. So, where are you at with it? Uh, the fact, he, the, given his size and the fact he can't shoot, concerns me. I, yeah. I, I think yeah, it's definitely concerned. I yeah, think Jared, I think Jarrett Culver can make it, and I he can't really that. shoot. I think he can make it. Uh, Okogi, the problem with Josh is, I have no question about him trying. So, yeah. so it's not like there's a, there's a notch to go up there. I yeah. think he plays his ass off. Yeah. Um, shoot. Yeah. So I've I've become very skeptical about if he can. Now that doesn't mean it, I guess he couldn't fit in as a role player some places. Yeah. But I mean, Ryan loves him. He's trying to start him. He's guarding fours at times, and I just I think it's way too much. Well, think about the guys on this roster that should not like. Even if you said after this year, if you could just wipe it clean, like I don't think Rubio would be part of it. You know. Um go down the list. I mean, there's a number of guys that you just would not, you know, Jake Lehman, Jake Lehman. Um, I don't have them all the time. I have, but there's probably four or five that you would just, if you could get rid, I do like, I, you know, the stuff on the, off the court, the side, which you, you don't like at all. I like Beasley, you know, I mean, he's a guy who plays hard and can shoot. Yes. Um, so I think he definitely is going to be one of your important players. When he gets hot, like the other night, man, he would he make six threes in the. And then you didn't get him the shot. Yeah, yeah, that was maddening. I know. Um, And hopefully, you know, the off the court stuff. This is a wake up call to get his life in that uh, off the court in order. Um, He does all the right things because I think he's, you know, he's definitely a guy that you could be part of your core. Um, Because he does play hard. I will give him that. I mean, he, he yes. He's a guy I like him a lot as a player. His effort is there. You never question that, and he can definitely score. So um, I, I have liked the way he's played this year. Just if he's hot, get him the shot. 100%. At yeah. the end of that game, what was the play? For Russell, it made no it yeah, made no sense. Yeah. All right, Chip Scoggins, we'll talk to you next week. Thanks. All right, brother. Always fun. Whether it's Baker's Simple Truth Turkey or Mac and Cheese with Murray's English Cheddar, 
or pie made with fresh cosmic crisp apples. There are many dishes we look forward to sharing during the holidays, and Baker's has all the fresh ingredients you need to turn today's holidays into tomorrow's memories. Baker's, fresh for everyone. Get more ways to save at the Buy Five or More Save $1 each sale. Just buy five or more participating items and save a dollar each with card. Baker's, fresh for everyone. At the Home Depot, we have plenty of Christmas trees to make your holidays even more magical. Hundreds of full, easy-to-assemble artificial trees that look so real, you may be convinced they actually are. And for those who love that fresh pine smell, we have a parking lot full of fresh-cut trees to call your own. We'll even help you load your tree in the car so you can bring home the holidays. The Home Depot, how doers get more done.